Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Nope. At the no, start again. Emma messed it up. <laughs> I didn't do Emma, it. Emma, right. stop. One more time with feeling. Go ahead. <laughs> Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Nope. Mis- no, that's not how it starts. Hey there. Hey there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, All okay. right. No, okay. for reals. Okay. okay ready? <laughs> Hold on. Go. Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits at the Recycle Garage here in sunny Santa Cruz. Very good. Yeah. All right. Air horn. Well done. I like the air horn. You are infantile. <laughs> you, should have, you should have seen her today when she had mayonnaise and fucking mustard chasing me down like I was a goddamn hamburger. Oh but in my belly. But you cleaned me up. I did. I did because I'm a kind person. So, in the house tonight, you know, I thought with a smaller group it'd be a little more in control, but no. Nope. Nope. No. So, uh, tonight in the garage, you got me. This is Eliza. I'll have what she's having. (laughs) I don't know that one. Harry met Sally. There you go. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, that's when she was faking the orgasm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. That was Olivia Dukakis. Knock you you get that a lot, don't you? Yeah. It was Gary Marshall's wife. It was? It was. Um, Next up, we've got Knock. Hey, how you guys doing? What movie is that from? (laughs) What? (laughs) All of them. My fucking life, yo. Saga volume number one beginning episode. And Matrix. doing a fine job at the intro tonight, we've got Andy. You won't like me when I'm hungry. <laughs> That's from the Hulk. The second Hulk movie. And he said it in Spanish, right? Because uh, yeah. hungry was the different word. Yeah, he was going to say angry, Yeah, I think. Yeah, Maybe I believe Andy anyway. Andy, you can put it away, man. I'm <laughs> Next up, we've got Naked Jim. <laughs> I'm taking your phone away. That's all I got. That's all I got for you tonight. On the Pretty Girl Couch tonight, we've got Miss Emma. Now, you know I'm going to play my song now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm so glad that didn't work. No, I know you are. But you cleaned the mustard off my face. Yes, you did. That's not a euphemism. I literally cleaned the mustard off your face. And Liza was shooting daggers like mad. (laughs) Because you wanted to. That's gross. Also, also, on the Pretty Girl Couch tonight, we've got Bagel. What's happening? (laughs) My God. Next up, we've got Isaac. License and registration. Chicken fucker. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) Stupid drooper. Parents, be advised, there may be some. (laughs) Oops. And then rounding everything out, we've got Gary. Hi, everybody. Hi. (laughs) Oh, my heck, y'all. So, what did we do this week? I don't know if y'all did anything, but Jim and I did. Yeah. We went for a ride yesterday. Where'd you guys go? Well, let me tell you how this all started first. Yeah. I sent a text to Jim. It was one of those bait texts that I knew he could not resist. (laughs) What? Bait and switch? No. I knew the keywords. 
And it, the text was... There's a joint at the end of this. Let's go for a ride today. There should be sausage and or pie involved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so nobody, no, nobody, can, nobody can say no to that. That's a good, uh, that's a good leader. Yeah, yeah. My, my response was yes to all. And then, <laughs> yeah, but also threw in that uh, there might be something new shaking at uh, Talbot's Museum, and that was a bit of a draw as well. So sure. Yeah, they've been having like carpenters doing stuff there, so mm. I want to go back and see. But it's not raining. Yeah, we didn't we didn't make it all the way to Talbot's, but you know what was really cool? Um, so we were kind of lollygagging and getting a late start, but you know it was cold. Jim was over here. We're dressed up. We're we're dragging our heels, but we're getting on the bikes. We're getting ready to go, and this uh, guy pulls up on a Metro Cruiser, a Yamaha Warrior, and I'm just like, wait, this was yesterday. This was yesterday. Okay. So nothing. Their garage is not open on Saturdays. Yep. But this happens on occasion that somebody just pulls up like, hey, what's going on? What, what is this place? <laughs> um, so he pulls up and he just kind of had that look in his eye. Like like he was like excited, like a kid at a playground. <laughs> oh, did you disappoint him? And <laughs> from, the ver- from the very beginning, knock, it was <laughs> total letdown. Total letdown. <laughs> knock, Liza uh, has spent her lifetime disappointing yes. young men. <laughs> <laughs> That is, that's that's horrible. So it's our new friend Tom. He um, lives up north, and he just decided to go for a ride and come check out. He's a listener. Wanted to come check out the yeah, re- the yeah. famous recycle garage. Which famous, let me just tell you, in quotes, is really a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> if if you do plan, I know people do on occasion because I've had people show up on on non Sundays, and basically <clears> it's a Costco tent in a part at the back of a parking lot. <laughs> but it was cool yesterday because we were like literally within minutes ready to go, and he rolled up and like you said, he had that look and hey, how's it going? And you know, we greeted each other, and he's I just he goes out for a ride. He actually has you know a young family, so you know it's hard cool. to get out, and so he's like just going for a ride. Thought I'd just come by and see, and I'm like, hey, well we're gonna take a ride down like North Monterey, uh, North Monterey County, and you're welcome to come. He's like, cool. And we're like, cool, let's roll. Oh, cool. that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was just like that. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so we went, uh, took like some back roads, Freedom Boulevard. Um, that's a big old bike he had. Yeah, yeah. What was Warrior what was it? is a, it's a 1700 oh, cc, yeah. Yikes. Um, that's a And stump we went, uh, we just went up mm. into the hills a little bit in Watsonville to go get some Coralita sausage. Mm. Best way to start a ride. Mm. I, got a, I got a Yoohoo. Did you get any extras? You just went there and grabbed a, like a... I got a cheesy Bavarian. They're so good. They're the best so good. Yeah. It's good. So good. And we sat down and ate and just kind of got to know them a little bit more. And mm-hmm. then um, we were going to head down towards... Uh, we're working our way down to like Monterey and Carmel, but we decided to stop and visit Emma, who's been working on her Goldwing, and I wanted to see how far it come. So nice. we're like, well, we're going down to Emma's if you want to come. And he's just like... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was all in. It was cool. He's so, super chill, dude. Yeah, super chill. I decided, um, why not? Let's take the back way to Emma's, which involves. Um, we were taking the freeway, but then I I turn right off of Highway One into the artichoke fields, and Jim knows what's up. <laughs> Jim yeah. Jim knows what's about. Yeah, here it comes. To well, you know, we we do have unique roads here, and those are some unique roads yeah. that you know. The first time you ride them, they're kind of sketch. But what you so yeah, out? is it like a left turn and then like fuck you? It's a right turn and it's fuck right. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. There it and is. so I just lit it up. 
Yeah. Yeah, we opened it up pretty You're good. on the Super Duke? Is that your saying? No, I was on the Versus. Oh, yeah? Okay. But I was doing like 105, 110 on it. Nice. Um, so I just lit it up, and you have to know where the turns are, because this is just basically, it's a kind of a single lane road, literally through the middle of yeah, Artichoke Fields. Ac- access road, right? It's the best place to go light it up because well, you're not going to risk anyone's life except for your own with the mm-hmm. one caveat is a lot of the, the farm equipment tracks mud onto the road so yeah. all of a sudden you'll go through this section and there'll be just, there'll be mud, mud just tracked all over the road which yeah. is just part of the fun you know i mean and there's a couple turns but they're pretty they're kind of sweepers mm-hmm. and like the first you turn see. i like slow down to 70 just to like take it easy and then the next turn i like keep, i slow down to 90 and by the third turn i'm just like fuck it just keep it pinned to 100 and just look ahead and just yeah, those, are, those are the best ones and, I like, can, I look, and I'm looking in my rear view mirror and I see their headlights getting further Liza goes I left you back there because for, the, for the most part we were riding together and uh, she goes I left you back there and I'm like no you didn't and I'm all yeah yeah you did isn't it, isn't it nice to just casually speed like you're like I'm going yeah. 90 oh I love it and so we take like that road and then it, shit, it, you know? it loops around and crosses back over highway 1 and it starts heading up to the hills and, and Tom totally hung too and I t- we, you know we told Tom here's the deal on these rides don't like don't think you have to keep up it's a ride your own ride deal and we'll stop at every intersection <clears throat> so I'm just lighting it up and I'm just pinning it and keeping it going and I get across the freeway and I'm just lighting it up except whenever there was ever another car yeah. coming from either direction um i would slow it down or to like, like 70 yeah or f- like farm workers on the side of the road like and i should farm say equipment. like this speed limit is probably like 35 on I know. this road and we would slow it down to like 85 that's somewhat smart but you know yeah, yeah i don't want to put other people at risk so i'd slow it yeah. down um and then i finally got to the intersection where i'm going to turn off and i stopped thinking i'm gonna have to stop and like have time to like take off my helmet and, and i look in my mirror and they're both fucking there <laughs> they were literally just a couple seconds behind me you know no, it was a, it was and a so i was ride. like all right this this guy's got some balls all right so, yeah, he's got the he, he's got a mic that can keep oh, up yeah. on, in straight lines but with, but there were also <laughs> sections where you know what the weather and the roads have been like you come around a turn and there's you know running water with gravel in the road you know it seems like there there was a lot of shit in the turns for whatever reason i guess the way hillsides drain mm-hmm. but that was that was a big part of the ride too that i don't know how much experience he had i mean we were familiar with the roads we know what the roads have been like in the conditions but he was kind of just going on blind faith and yeah let's let's set it up yeah let's set it up for a minute because it's we've had rains torrential and it's been horrible for our roads here and uh today's like what the first maybe second day of sunshine or something like that and these things are starting to dry out but there's still mud and silt on the road and oh, stuff. Oh, sure. So. You know, another section of <clears throat> Highway 1 collapsed this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Like North? One? <clears throat> no. Big Sur, right? Yeah, this, oh. the PCH, the Pacific Coast Highway, that the was highway. featured yep. in the Ride with Norman episode. Yep. 40 feet of it fell down the cliff. Where was this? Yikes. Just uh, like 12 miles south of Carmel. Yeah, 12 miles south. Yeah, so now it's the bridge and that slide. Yeah, so. that's uh, fuck. It, yeah, I heard yeah, the bridge was uh, yeah, it's damaged. Fuck. People there are stuck. And no, the bridge is done. Yeah, it's, the bridge is toast. It's, it's toast. It's, yeah, the, the whole pillar has got cracks yeah. all in it and the underside of the bridge doesn't have to. That's that real famous big one? No, 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 no not, not Bixby. Bixby. Uh, this is by Julia Pfeiffer. 
part. It, it's another one. But it was, um, see, it was fun seeing, uh, checking out Emma. Thanks for letting us see. So, yeah, then we oh, went welcome. to Emma's. We got and, to see the gold wing. And Tom was just so excited to be coming along on a ride and keeping up and then going to Emma's. I think I think for a listener, we gave him the Gold Star experience. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's I, always I, I wish we could have had a little bit better roads, but the roads, were, were, were we still had fun riding. Yeah. And then we decided to not go up to Moto Talbot, instead come back. And I wanted to see if we could go down Elkhorn Slough Road, which everyone keeps saying is closed. I'm like, yeah, but we're on bikes, so it's not really closed. So your, right? your bikes fit between the <laughs> right? barriers that close. And so we head over to Elkhorn Slough. Elkhorn <clears throat> Slough is kind of a nice um, uh, curvy road that goes... Um, behind the slough and the slough is got kind of a marsh yeah it's all swampland um, swampland and so it's basically just farms and swamp and it's a, got great twisties and at some points the road goes in the middle of the water it's just an elevated road yeah. and it's just beautiful sights so we're like yeah let's go down we go past the first sign that says road closed we just go around it <laughs> and then i see a second one you know road closed oh we just go around it and I'm like, it doesn't seem too bad. There's some places just have a lot of mud, maybe still some like active water going across. Then we get to the third one. Well, this one, they 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 count on idiots like us. It looked like a military <laughs> checkpoint. Know. Like there should have been an arm, armored bulldozer the behind it. The concrete barricade going across the entire road. You couldn't even get a motorcycle around or past. And Liza was still like, well, let's go. Let's just go see. Let's like can't be there. And I'm like, no, you can't. That's, that's what you need a trials bike for. And it yeah. turns out that the road. If you had a is, dual sport, you could have. Turns done out that. the road. It's not just flooded. It it also parts of the road are gone. Yeah, wow. and they're just, they're I mean, gone. The, the problem down there. Um, and I researched it mm. after you left. Mm is the road's underwater still because the slough, the level of the slough's very, very high. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't tell where the road's gone. So you'll be riding along, and, you know, even in, like, three or four inches of water, right. you can't see what's underneath. Yep. Right. Yep. And, so you'll be, and suddenly the road's gone. Yep. But yeah, so it's a shame. Like, it's a beautiful road. I mean, I, I I love that neck of the woods. The thing's like about what two feet, maybe even a foot above sea level. That whole area. Oh or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's right right by the sea. And then we had the oysters. Yeah. So then we decided to go back to Moss Landing and stop and get some oysters. And we went to the whole enchilada. Oh, very nice. You know what? I've never been there. And I have to say, Tom, who is not a fan of seafood at all, put on his big boy pants and he threw back a. Uh, uh, an oyster, a baked oyster with, uh, <laughs> with, with um, I think it's a did chorizo. Chorizo. Chorizo did he turn green? So Ooh, that he, sounds excellent. Yeah. yeah he's, really he good. said, he goes, I didn't get dicked, but I did survive the oyster. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then we headed back home. But it was really a nice ride. It was fun hanging it out. It was a fun You ride. know, it was, great, it was great seeing you at the house. It, it, yeah. was, it was, you know, just out of the blue. I was working on a friend's bike in the driveway because, um, you know, um, Tuesday through Friday, I do my proper job, which is repairing bikes. Yeah. And then on Saturdays, I have a day off and I repair bikes. And then on Sunday, <laughs> I come down here. Come here for more fuckery. Yeah, exactly. And then I repair bikes. And then on Monday, I get a day off and I repair bikes. And then I'm back to working on Tuesdays. That's all, that's all you do. That's, <laughs> that's all pretty you do. much all I do. But, you know, I'm glad you guys got to meet um, Mike, who's my buddy. Um, he's a musician. Yeah, shout out to Mike. He was super chill. Dude. Yeah. What a nice um, guy. If cool. you want to listen to what he does, um, his name's Mike Beck. His band's called the Bohemian Saints. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a really cool cat. He's a cowboy. 
um, real deal. I mean, nice. he rides the high plains in North uh, Nevada. He's, he's got a rancher. Hands. He's like a cowboy rancher. He's yeah. a real. He's the real deal. He's a hell right. of a musician. He's got this beautiful '74 650 XS Yamaha. Nice. Um, just completely. It's a stocker. Yeah. And I look after it for him. I did an re- engine rebuild, and then I just, you know, we just hang out. Um, right. But Mike's a cool guy. Cool, cool. Um, well, yeah, and while we were there, yes, it, this kind of goes into the next thing because there were some deals being made today, hands being shaken, <laughs> yeah, and there were some bikes uh, being traded amongst one another. So, we, while we were at Emma's, uh, Jim and I got to test ride John Dalton's <laughs> new bike before it <laughs> got transferred to him. So, from Emma, John Dalton got a BMW R. 1200C. I notice when it comes from you, you don't call it a BM Trouble You. Well, <laughs> that's the BMW Cruiser. It is a, the Cruiser. With and, a really expensive taillight. And, you know, for the, uh, for people who can't picture the bike, it's the James Bond bike. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think it was, um, which was that, Timothy Dalton or the other one? Yeah, uh, no, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Pierce Brosnan, he's riding the bike, and there's a Chinese. Oh, secret agent girl yeah. sitting backwards on the yeah, gas tank. Yeah. That's the bike. I mean, everybody knows it as the James Bond bike. It's, so. it's also known as the ugliest BMW ever made. I like yeah. it. Yeah. No, I think it's a very no. And I think Worse that than one the K2? is that one isn't too bad. Well, it's very yeah. traditional. It's not it? too bad, but it is the ugliest of all BMWs. I'll say that it's got the longest fucking handlebars a BMW has ever. That's, that's the part I hate. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's very traditional, you know. Jonathan's is black with the white stripes, which is very traditional mm-hmm. paint scheme for the a BM. paint is tits on that thing. Oh, isn't it amazing? And like uh, my know, buddy painted it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Did he did he do the pinstriping on the tank? Or was yeah. It? Well, that pinstriping, he tried a brand new technique with that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because um, originally they're hand lined, and right. then they put a ton of clear coat over it. Yeah. And. He's not a liner. I know a, a liner, but mm-hmm. he charges buku bucks to sure. do it. Sure. Um, so my friend Ed said, look, we're going to try an experiment with this bike. And so he used an adhesive pinstripe. What he did was he put a coat of clear coat over the black. Then he put the pinstripe on it. Then he masked over the pinstripe. Yeah. Then put another couple of coats of clear. Took the masking tape off, sanded it all flush, and then put three coats of clear over that. And you cannot feel those pinstripes. No, it's, it's it feels like they're yeah. painted on. It looks amazing. Looks really and so, like, okay, the tank uh, pinstripe was him, but the fenders the, and the, the fenders real- is OEM BMW. Oh, okay, I, his he did a better job than the factory. Well, you know, the factory is painted on, and obviously, you know, yeah, Klaus it's, Klaus it's, has got a wobbly hand because he was probably right. drink, drinking schnapps exactly. the night before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But um, when that, I got that tank painted maybe a year ago, and it, you know, it just got like a testicle dent in it. So right. you know, well, I mean, I it's like you look at like a, sometimes you look at a paint job and you go, "That's a lot of fucking clear. They did a really good job on this. This is really deep clear. It, it, it's cool. It's, oh, it's totally I mean, that noticeable. Is, yeah, and there's no runs, no sags. It's just like a thick coat of clear, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's it's a nice looking bike, mm-hmm. and it's. The important thing is, it suits Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to say that. It totally suits him. Yeah. He's ready for a world-beating trip on that thing. He likes man. cruisers, ready. and he likes the misfit cruisers, the unloved cruisers. Yeah. So this mm. is the perfect right. bike. I'm yeah. super happy yeah. for it. It's like it's very distinctive, you know? Speaking of unloved bikes, there was another deal that went through. Yes. So Evan had purchased from Gary not too long ago a Ninja 500. 
right? The X, whatever it is. The X500 that he has spent, I think, two weekends working on. And then he said, you know what? I didn't think it'd be this much work. And I just want to say, <laughs> the lesson here is a $250 bike is always going to be that much work. Right. But he also has, his job has him traveling right. all the time. So he doesn't have the time to come down here and work on it. So there was a, there's a new guy who's been coming to the garage, Josiah. Who's looking for a project? Bike. And Josiah's a real cool cat. And it didn't have that, only a couple hundred bucks. So fortunately, that deal was made. So now there's somebody with new interest who was, he, I think he understands because both Emma and I were like, you have to understand what you were getting mm-hmm. when right. you're buying a, a bike for a couple hundred dollars. It doesn't even matter. I said, if, if you spend you know $900,000 and the bike is worth seven hundred fifty, it doesn't matter. You have to think about everything you're learning in the process. It's not about how much it's worth when you're done. You're not right. doing this project to flip a bike and make money. You're doing it to learn and to have the triumph of getting an old bike back on the road again and that's yeah. what recycle because is about that's who we are and you know in defense of evan it was a lot of work but you know evan could only commit so many sundays right to the project i mean he's yeah. always out of state and so i really felt for him and so josiah i said look mate from this point forward it's going to be every sunday down here and i'll be looking over your shoulder i'll be helping mm. you out but You're going to be tearing your hair out. You're going to be shedding tears over this. You're going to be busting your knuckles over this. But And he said yes anyways. He said yes anyway. (laughs) And I said, you know, the prize is going to be you're going to be riding a bike you brought back from the dead with the misfits. That's your prize. There's something about that. I think our listeners get that too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I asked him, I said, do you have a girlfriend? He said, no. I said, you're good. Yeah. Yeah, He's got one now. You do now. She's she's black and red and she's called Ninja. There was another deal struck today. Um, Gary and I shook hands. We did a trade. That little motorized bicycle that I dragged in that we got running, he's Mm -hmm. taking home and then you're, what were you bringing us a SV650? Yeah, I'm contributing Ooh. a, a Ooh. 2002 SV650S. No, right, and so that's that's oh. beyond generous. Thank you, Gary. So sight uh, unseen. So that's Emma okay. It's, that it's in real good shape, and I mean wow. genuinely good shape. You'll there you really go. like it. I, I'm, I appreciate that. So I wait, think we're but that's just something to, for the, the garage to kind of go forward with. Help some of the uh, right. Uh, well, no. I'll, okay, wait a minute. I'll be it's, honest. It's right. No. I'll be honest. But it's easily running, right? It's, I need to go through the carburation. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. No, that sounds like a fun project. Emma and I are going on this Pakistan trip this year. And yes. we're going to flip bikes to raise the money for it. Because nice. nice. Darlings, I'm broke. So, and the only so, person who's more broke than me is Liza. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are... It's a contest, though, isn't It's it? a contest. Yeah. I win because I'm morally bankrupt as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the right spot. Um, but yeah, no, we're, I mean, we're broke. I mean, it's there's no shame in it. I'm poor as a church mouse. Yeah, so I appreciate that, Gary, because I mentioned that Emma and I are looking for some projects we need to start flipping. Because like last week's... Um, Porn pick when I talked about that yeah. CT90 for 300 bucks, and then afterwards I was going, wait a minute, what? Why didn't that would have been a perfect bike to buy and flip? I I need to get in that mode. Of, right, we both do. Uh, you know, I've been in the I don't need more stinking bikes mode. Now right. I got to get in the I need to do, flip some bikes to raise some money for these motorcycle trips. And you know, the hardest thing for me, my focus really since I've arrived here, is to try and get every single misfit 
on a bike that they can use and enjoy and ride together right. and enjoy the whole culture. And the one person I've been ignoring is myself, and I need to get my shit together and turn a few bikes, get a few money. Finish that damn Goldwing so get, I can go riding with you guys. Get shit together, Emma. <laughs> no. I know, I need to. I'd like to mention hey, that, yeah, go ahead, Emma, Gary. you're putting a, a turbocharger on your wing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a turbo. <laughs> Um, it's a Garrett T25 Turbo. Um, wow. And it's it's not going to be a high-horsepower bike. I'm shooting... The Goldwing was about 80 horsepower out the box. I'm shooting right. for about 140. Um, so right. I'm not I'm that's not going for a nutty horsepower gain. So yeah, but that's a nice handsome horsepower for that. Yeah, bike. it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice sounding bike. It's gonna be a nice what, running bike. Nice 140 at the wheel too. or at the crank? No, at the crank. Okay. At the crank. Well, still yeah. like 120. Yeah. Or yeah. No, not no? with a shaft at the drive wheel? bike. It'll oh, be, with a shaft. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It'll be like 110 at yeah, the wheel. That's if still I'm pretty lucky. awesome though. But yeah, it'll go, it'll get me down the road. Okay. and it's a naked, so it's lighter. Yeah, it's it's completely naked. Yeah, it's gonna poop right along. So, am I got a question for you? Yes. So that Goldwing, is that a flat four? It is indeed a flat four. Mm-hmm. It is a flat As four. As opposed to, I, there's nothing flat about me, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to our topic tonight. Um, there's been a lot of conversations lately, and I thought this would be a fun one to get into. Let's, yes. Let's talk about engines. <gasps> That's so, that's like talking about sex for me. I love for it. instance, <laughs> that's porno for Emma. For instance, we have this great uh, book here. I've got a little library of books that have been donated, and this is a book that is made for like kindergartners or you know for yeah, elementary okay. school kids. Your it's average mister. How it works, motorcycles. <laughs> Lots and of we pictures. actually refer to it a lot because it's got diagrams that make things simple. A lot of people come here want to know how does a carburetor work or right. they don't know anything about c- cylinders on bikes. They're learning. So they so, didn't learn this as elementary kids. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things I pull out, there's this great diagram and it shows different types of engines. Does so I'll read these that's up. That's a litany. And Emma, tell engines. me if there's anything missing from this. Mm. Okay. So it's uh, there's single cylinders. Of course. There's twins. Yep. There's V-twin in line. Yep. V-twin transverse. Yes. Flat twin. Yes. Three cylinder. Yep. Inline four. Yep. V4. Yep. Flat four. Yep. Square four. Yep. Flat four in line. Yep. And then we know, of course, that like Valkyries and Boss... Flat six. Boss Hawks, there's six, there's eight. Um, Radial engines. Yep. What else? Is, what else twins. is missing from here? Uh, oh. Rotary motors. Mm, yeah, rotary. I mean, you, yeah, you know, wow, I'm surprised it's not even in there. Hmm. Um, you've got the oh gosh, there's so many variations. There's like the V8. That, yeah, uh, um, uh, Morbidelli. There's the yeah. millicycle engine, which is kind of a supercharged hybrid. Right. There's the Wolf, and the Wolf is a hybrid two. F- Two four-stroke. Um, even the uh, the turbine engine. The yeah, YTK. gas turbine yeah. engines. In that um, Braxton cycle. Yeah, the yeah, turbines are Braxton cycle motors. There's so many different variations. So here's the, here's the question: yeah. Why? Because fuck you. That's why. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can. So yeah. so why? I mean, we understand. The basics: a single right. versus an inline four. They're gonna act different ways, right, right, right. And they're gonna have the power band yes. at different points. Same with the twins. So right. you have a single, a twin. Well, well, no, to be fair though, you could tune an engine irrespective of a number of cylinders. Typically, to have you know your power band to kick in at a certain time. Okay. You know, well, now hang on. Right? What we need to do is we need, in order to understand. Motorcycle engines, we need to take a trip back in history. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
At the turn of the century, not this century, the last century, the 20th century, when things were very, very new, engines were very, very simple, and motorcycles were very, very simple. If you see a motorcycle from 1901, 1902, it's going to look like a large bicycle. And generally, it's going to have a single-cylinder engine because it's a very, very simple, compact power plant. So that's where we get singles from. Mm -hmm. Right. Why do we still have singles in 2017? Well, there's some power characteristics to having a single that are very favourable, and we'll come to that in a bit. As history goes on, engines become more complex. They gain more cylinders. Now, forever, twin cylinders was the the normal for, for motorcycles. All the major manufacturers had a twin-cylinder bike. So let's cover. I mean, the reason that you would go from a single to a twin and then a four, (laughs) tell me if I'm correct, the smaller the piston, the faster everything can move. Yes and yes and no. So you can get higher RPMs. Well, let's let's go back to about the mid-1950s. And if you were to attend the Isle of Man TT races in the 1950s, in the mid-1950s, at the front of the pack, there'd be somebody on board an MV Augusta, mm-hmm. which is a four-cylinder bike. Mm-hmm. What kind of four-cylinder? <clears throat> It'd be across the frame, four-cylinder bike, twin cam. Okay. That was the first, really the first four-cylinder, four-cylinder bike as we know it and across... Oh, the, it's like an inline. Yeah, an inline okay. four. However... It wasn't the fastest bike out there. The fastest bike out there in the mid-50s, Norton did an extremely quick bike. AJS had the Porcupine, which was an extremely quick bike. Are those singles or twins? Are those singles. Yeah, singles, right. So that you'd have this four-cylinder bike being chased down and beaten by a single. So That's you can't, crazy. Yeah, I know. It, it'd been an amazing time to see this happening. Um, were, the, were the singles counterbalanced at all? Or? Oh, they're very complex. If you were to see one of the cranks out of these yeah. TT racer singles, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is an amazing piece of engineering. Yeah. Yeah, of course, there, there, was, there was balancing, but you're talking about a 500cc single. Right, right. Now, let's go forward another seven years to the 250 TT race of 1961-62, and you'd see Mike Halewood, one of our famous racers, starting his career on the Honda 6, 250, six-cylinder bike, and people... Inline six. Inline six. Mm -hmm. And the noise that thing made is extraordinary. Mm. So Honda's vision was to get these tiny pistons moving very, very quickly, you know. So on that that 250 with six cylinders, what are those, like... At the size of a quarter? Well, you work they're it out yourself. Super so tiny. They're super it's tiny. So you fit in your hands. you've got a 250cc bike, okay? Yeah. And you've got six cylinders. So divide 250. 41.25. 41cc's a piston. So it's smaller than a moped piston. Right. So you oh, know, wait. I know how to figure this size out because when we did. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you need to know the stroke as well as the when ball. We, yeah. When we did the how big is your dick in cc's. Yes. <laughs> it's the volume, darling. I think was an average like an 80. Gee, did I miss that one? He did. Okay. I think average might have been 80 cc. I was solid in the 600 cc range. So <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but it, and he has a performer. special seat designed just for him on his yeah. motorcycle. But, <laughs> you know, it's a Corbin. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> guys, you're all so obsessed with length, guys. It's not about the length. It's about the girth, darling. Yeah, yeah. It's about the girth. Well, I got an inline four, so it's, you know. Yeah, it's good. So, um, but Honda's vision was 
what we're going to do is we'll have lots of little pistons moving very, very fast. And traditionally in a high revving engine, you shorten the stroke. Mm-hmm. So it's a short stroke, wider bore. Mm-hmm. And that'll rev very, very high. You know? But I'm guessing with that many moving parts, you're going to have more problems. Potentially. But, I mean, Honda have always been very, very proud then of how their come, engineering. How come we don't have more six-cylinder 250s it's out here? cost, right? Yeah, it's Expensive. cost. Simb- yeah. Simple cost. Yeah. I mean, you can count. Let's take inline sixes. And there was a vogue for inline sixes at the end of the 70s. Yeah, CBX. Yeah, the CBX. The first one was the Benelli 750, say, yeah. 73. KZ, KZ you told me that the Kawasaki had one? Yeah, I didn't really yeah, the KZ, KZ 1300. 1300. Yeah. That was a very different animal. Right. Um, that was a six-cylinder? Yeah. yeah. Much lesser known than the CBS. We'll, wow. d- we'll deal with each of them. Let's deal with the Benelli first. And the Benelli was a very, very compact bike. Um, this was my up-the-butt bike from all those months ago, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Basically, what Benelli <clears throat> did was they took a Honda 504. Copied the design completely. I believe the pistons from a 504 will fit in a Benelli. This is how closely (laughs) they're copied. And they basically added two cylinders. So So now you've got a 756. It's a very small bike. It's a very compact bike. There it is. Beautiful little thing. Mm, Very Mm sporty-looking bike. And there it is, 1973. 78, Honda, with the experience they gained with the GP racers, says, we're going to make our own six. But it's going to be something very different. It's still a sports bike or a sports bike in 1970s right. terms. It's got chain drive. It was air-cooled. Honda shtick with that bike, we want you to see the engine. So there was no down tubes with the frame. It was a backbone frame. It held on to the engine at the cylinder head and kind of cradled around at the it back. Was it, was it a stress member? Yes. It was. Oh. So the engine was a stress part of the frame. There it is. What a fantastic looking bike. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, this picture that Jim's showing me now has got the optional crash bars. Yeah, so much chrome on that bike. Um, <laughs> and... Everyone put the crash bars on because the engine's so friggin' wide. Yeah. If you dropped it at speed, you'd take a cylinder off. Uh-huh. But it's still a sports bike. Now, Kawasaki said, we're going to go a slightly different route with our six. We're going to make it a touring bike. So it's big, it's heavy, it's water-cooled, whereas the Honda was air-cooled. It's got a shaft drive. Not a handsome bike, but a very impressive but, bike. But, yeah, well K- made. KZ1300 yeah. A1. Have a look at that. So let me ask you this, Emma. Let's just focus on twins. Okay. All right. So we've got all these different types of twins, right? Yes. You've got inline. You've got... Well, there's uh, two types of inline twins as well. Yeah. Well, yep. you've got V-twin, V-twin transverse. So V-twin is going to be Harley Davidson. Right. right. V-twin transverse, transverse is going to be Motoguzi. Or, or, C- or CX-500. CX Yep. A flat twin will be a BMW BMW. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, I think it's a parallel twin. And then twin. within that, like, so you have, like, Harley uses the V45, but then you have, like, the Virago's at, like, a V54, I think. Yeah, exactly. So and I mean, they so, change them so around. So if we're talking just twins, why so many different versions, and what are the pros and cons? Because they have different power characteristics. Um, If you have a narrow angle Harley, I think it's 45 degrees. I love that 45 degrees. Mm -hmm. It gives a very distinctive noise. Potato, potato. Yeah, potato, (laughs) potato. It gives a very distinctive power characteristic, a lot of low-down torque. An interesting quirk of twins, if you have a 90-degree included angle between the cylinders, there's no vibration. There's no primary vibration. Now, Ducati's... 
are 90 degree twins. Right. And so there's no primary vibration on it's them. It's like the, fir- the front cylinder is like facing forward. Right. Mm. And there's a reason for that. If so you've why? got 90 degrees in that angle, that's mm-hmm. an extremely smooth engine. Harley at 45 degrees is the worst for vibration. That's why the old Harleys <laughs> used to shake themselves together. But a Harley and a Ducati oh, because sound you go very forward and different. going up, so they're right, going right, right. to. Well, but that's why they say BMW the opposable right. twins, that they're working against each other. And that's why it right. creates a gy- gyroscopic effect. Right. If ever you rev one up, you have the bike kind of leaned over at a stoplight, you rev it up and well, it pulls it upright. Yes. That's, that's because of the crank, the crank rotation, though. Yeah. Uh, yes. Right. But because, but because the, the yeah. cylinders are opposable, they cancel out each other. Right. Exactly. So you're getting the gyroscopic effect of but the you, engine. But you still get that torque reaction off the crank. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. Get right. you see, to me... The biggest difference in in the feel of bikes is not necessarily how many cylinders it's got. It's where the crank is. Yep. Because the mm-hmm. biggest change to me in how a bike feels, if the crank is running across the bike, it's got a certain feel. When the crank is running front to back, mm-hmm. it's a very different feeling yes. bike. Mm-hmm. So and that would be the BMW. Or, or the Moda Guzzi, or the, or the Goldwing, or um, uh, S- Isaac's ST. Yeah. ST. Yeah. Um, anything where the crank runs front to back has got a very different feel. And they're great at speed. This is why the big touring bikes have this straight-ahead, like, battleship feel about them when you're at speed on the freeway, because the crank is running with you. It's a very, very different feeling. But, of course, when you blip them at the traffic lights, they want to try and tip you over. It's mm-hmm. that torque so, reaction. <clears throat> which one of these is the best of the of the, oh, v- God the twins? Well, I mean, you design an engine for its purpose, right? Well, right. I, I mean... it's not particularly the best. Well, if you want max horsepower on a track, you probably would want an inline four, maybe I've, a V4. I've, look, I mean... Like, choose one, Emma. Kill a baby. Which one is the best, <laughs> Emma? Which one is yeah, the best? I mean, and some say that I mean, the, what cre- you can't the, say what's the best. You got well, cri- some say the no. V-twin transverse has well, no, 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 no. the best you of got, both worlds. You got to pick a criteria, though. I mean, yeah. it's always a compromise, well, right? No. Like you have a V-twin transverse that's versus the whole, a V-twin that's like That's the whole L. point of this conversation. Okay, right. If I'll, I'm going to stick my neck out here, yeah. it's not fun if we can't be tribalistic. About I'm going to stick yeah. my neck. <laughs> if if I wanted to build a big horsepower twin, mm-hmm. I'd use a parallel twin. So really? is that because so? it's yeah. easier for the cam and it's a more compact engine. It's I like the narrowness of a parallel twin. I like how they sound. Um, oh, this is for your personal taste, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, yeah, that's all I can. Yeah. I can't answer for other people. Sure. I all right. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. try something. Yeah. What's the best? Isaac. Subjective. Advice? Can you name mm-hmm. a parallel twin bike? Yeah. Versus like. All the other ones. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> Get a W650. W6, the, uh, the, was it uh, Kawasaki? Ninja 250. Any starter bike. They're extremely common. Honda yeah. Rebel. So and there's a reason for that. Of all of these, yes. I would say the least common would be the V-Twin Transverse, like the Motokutsi yeah. and the CX500. Why is that? Yeah. It's a quirky setup. When you run... When you run a crank front to back, you've almost inevitably doomed your bike to shaft drive. Because if you think about it, yep. all the rotational mass on that bike is running front to back. 
So the crank's running front to back, so your primary gears are running front to back, so your, gear, your tr transmission is spinning front to back. Right. And you want as few as possible changes in motion to the drive. So if you were to put it through a chain, you're going to have to change it through 90 degrees, and it's possible to do that. Mm -hmm. But any time you do that, you lose power. So yeah, yep. basically, to cut a long story short, if you've got a transverse V-twin, it's going to be a shaft drive. That's fine okay. in itself, but you do lose power through a shaft. There's so many good reasons for having a shaft on a bike. It's clean, it's yeah, um, low maintenance. Yeah, no maintenance. No at all, maintenance. Right? No, um, no breakdown. Very You're reliable. Wear out of and so on and so forth. Or break and a belt, pop yeah, a belt. It's yeah. not going to snap on you. Right. And take your ankle. But, but it sucks. <laughs> but power. Why? And I had this question asked today. Then, then why don't they put them on dirt bikes? You'd think you'd want to have some. Because it sucks. Power. Well, and also because it doesn't, it wouldn't have the same travel as a chain. Right. right? I mean, you can get you need around the suspension that. travel. Yeah, you need the suspension travel. So let's let's, let's get back to the engines. Yes. So, and all that's right. basically so, uh, why. Of all the twins, um, the 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 inline twin is is the most common. They're still, still. making it today, even though BMW has stuck with their opposable. But and we we can also we all know that. Story. For four cylinders, the N line four is right. the most common. The aerial square four was known, and the that was Didn't in a it? square shape. Yes, but that had cooling problems to the rear. Always did. Yep. And they pistons. never and they never cured it. Didn't and the aerial square four. I mean, everybody. If you close your eyes and and say aerial square four, everybody's got this vision of the 1955 yeah. aerial yeah. square four, which has got the four. Header pipes and it's the it's classic. Beautiful. It's a beautiful it's bike. Beautiful, yeah. But what people don't realize, the square four had been around for twenty years before that. Mm -hmm. It started off as a six hundred cc overhead cam bike. It was an engineering masterpiece, and it changed so much through the years. It basically went from a six hundred cc overhead cam square four to a thousand cc pushrod four. Hmm. Um, and the, the final incarnation was the 55, which is what everybody thinks of a square four. Wow, that's, you, that's like regressive from yeah, overhead absolutely. cam to a pushrod? Absolutely. It's a yeah. very regressive power. I mean, as far as power production, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, like, wow. And did Honda experiment with a square four, the VFR series or something? Well, like no, the that, VFRs, like the, 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 the V at the beginning... Gives yeah. the game away. Yeah, right. If it says VFR, it's a V4. Honda okay. love their V4s. Mm -hmm. That's all I've had. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so Honda the, V4s, just they're all 90 explain. degree. They're all, they have the same with the 90 degree okay. V-twins. They have no vibration. Right. And you have experienced... But wait a minute. Wes. You just said that the Harley, which is the V45... Where, where is it? 45 degree included angle between the cylinders. That it's, it has so much vibration. So yes. then why would the V4, which is... Two pistons on on each side, yes. still in a V. Why would that be so much better? Well, it's not necessarily about the amount of pistons. It's about the included angle. And Isaac said it, you see. It's 90 degrees. 90 degrees included right. angle. Mm -hmm. That's what reduces your vibration. 45, 45. And then if you, um, if you add cylinders like V4, um, and in fact, Laverda had a V6 racer mm -hmm. in the late 70s. Great bike, but it's like a lot of things back then. It was too heavy. All right. So we know that the twins, like the most common twin, as I said, is the parallel twin. Parallel twin. And the most common four 
is going to be... And across the frame full. So, what's, what would be the best of both worlds? You, the, some, the some, triple, right? Some argue would the triple because it's, so, you have the high horsepower and you have a nice spread of torque. Now, let's talk about the triples because the triples are not that common. They've existed through time. They've existed um, I've forever. I've got the Yamaha, my Yamaha triple yes. here. Um, uh, Triumph? Triumph did... Um, uh, BSA, was it? Well, the Triumph and the BSA were kind of they. they it was an Edward Turner design from 1961, and Triumph and BSA, being Triumph and BSA, dragged their feet and really didn't get it out on the line till about 67, 68. Hmm. Um, great bike. And but it's always been the oddball. Until, it's always been the oddball until recently. Yamaha has gone back in. I mean, there's always been triples, Ka- right? Kawasaki made the triples as well for many years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, was the H2 triple? Yeah, H2 was a triple. Yeah. And there was a whole range of these um, Kawasaki triples. The, yeah. the smallest one was the two, 250, two, yep. which was the S1. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the S2 was a 350. Yep. These the are S- all two strokes? Yeah, all two strokes. Okay. Mm-hmm. The S3 was a 400. The H1 was a 500, mm-hmm. and then the H2 was the big boy, the yes. 750. And they also made a 350, I think. As yeah, well. the S2. And uh, yeah. Suzuki made uh, the 380 GTs, the 500 500. GT, 550? Yeah. 550, the 385, 50, and 750, right. the water buffalo. Mm-hmm. The water buffalo. And, <laughs> what you know, Suzuki, yeah, Suzuki <laughs> were, were trying to be mindful about this center cylinder overheating. Mm-hmm. So on the air-cooled bikes, they had this thing called the ram-air system. Mm-hmm. And the ram-air system was basically a shield that fitted on the cylinder head. A little scoop. And, and yeah, it was a scoop, and it ducted cold air onto the yeah, middle cylinder. Yeah, my XS750 had one, yeah. and when I dismantled the engine, I lost it. I can't find it. Right. Oh, it was no. a scoop on top. That's and, just a little scoop, but picture after, a big scoop. I think it was aftermarket, right? right? It yeah. was like a, let's fix this problem, because right. yeah. the center cylinder kept mm. overheating. So, all right, so like... All these triples are yeah. in lines. Right. Let's talk about some of the even weirder triples. Okay. Like the K75. The BMW K75. Right. Well, the inline so, triple um, on its side? Is that what yes. you're talking about? <coughs> yep. So they had the, K, the K75 and the K100. The K75 being the triple, K100 Do you know what we four. call those in Britain? Oh, probably like a pooper scooper or something. No. <laughs> Flying brick. No, we called it the brick. Yes. The, the, the 100 was a brick. Because it's shaped like a fucking brick. Right. And then yeah. the 75, yeah. the 75, not surprisingly, was the briquette. <laughs> but, so, and... That wasn't because they caught on fire. No, no, no. Well, I, I knew a couple that did actually catch on fire. So the K75, though. Yes. It was explained to me. Yes. That it had a dummy piston what? as a counterbalance. No, really? I don't that, think that's the seventy-five. That, that doesn't sound right. No, well, I think no, what I, you no you wh- no, <laughs> it's the you you th- the F eight hundred because the F eight hundred has a, and actually has an actual canter balancer though. Well, right? yeah, but like, it's run with like a Conrad, like right. A, yeah, it's, yeah, it's an extra it's long thing. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a weird thing. Yeah, it's yeah. very it's peculiar a, design. No, I right. think the K seventy-five, and let's do some research on it so we can touch on this next week. But as far as I'm aware, the K seventy-five is pretty conventional. I mean, it's a twin cam. It's a three-cylinder. It was an odd design because it ran front to back. Mm-hmm. It was basically laid on its side. So as you sat astride the bike, and forgive me if I get it wrong, you're Camshafts were on the left side, and the 
crank was on the right or something, but yeah. Yeah, I had a K75. The good bike. I never quite understood it, but so you were talking earlier, what's the one that has, uh, you said it had a dummy, which one did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, the F800. So, yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize that that's a triple, too. Well, you, you, it's really so, a so, twin, but... So why know. so why are triples yeah. more common? And so, I don't know, because I I love triples. Yeah. It, to me, the noise of a triple is mm-hmm. one of the great noises of motorcycling. I, I think it's yeah. just the technology has caught up to a point where, like, we could just build amazing, reliable three-cylinder bikes now. Right. And, and people are actually... You know, yeah. catching on to it. Yeah, maybe that's mm. you know. So like, everyone okay. knows the twin has low end torque, and the uh, four cylinders are very smooth. Characteristically, characteris- characteristically, they've been designed that way. But and yeah. the, the triple has the best of both worlds, right. but it hasn't been that used. Maybe there's problems with, like we were just saying, the cooling. Right. Maybe. Um. Here's my question. Then why has has Nobody ever invented a triangular three. If you had a single piston mm. in the a front, w, a W, a W three. That's essentially yeah, a radial three. They have three. done that. That's a radial three. So yeah. That. So does it exist? I maybe there's one from way back in the day. I, I've I seen patent drawings of one. Yeah. Okay. This is supposedly we're supposed to, but I don't they, think there's one. They do exist. They're not really produced at all. Yeah. Because that yeah. would take up an awful lot of room in the bike. It's simply complex. Too. Okay, like, so guys, yeah. I've got yeah. the weirdest engine imaginable for you to consider right now. Does it run on weed? No, it does not <laughs> run on weed. <laughs> okay. Now, you've, totally you've, random you've, you've got to kind of get your head around this because this is very, very strange. Okay. It's a three-cylinder. Yeah. All right. However, it's got six pistons. The combustion okay. a tri- chamber. A twingle? Oh, no, 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 no. oh, wait a minute. Are you talking about the NR750, kind of like a Honda? No, with no, 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 no. We're going to come to the NR750. Okay, okay. The, we're going off at a tangent because this is yeah. actually a truck engine. Really? It's called the uh, uh, it's called the TS3, Tilling Stevens TS3. It's a two-stroke diesel. Oh yeah. Okay. It's got a central yep. combustion chamber. Mm-hmm. And then the pistons, it's a three-cylinder, but each cylinder has got two pistons. On top of each other? No. no. Kind of like, a, think about a BMW that's been oh, turned in Are on each, itself. Wait, is each piston oh, uh, half is, of a circle? Wait, wait, wait no, shape? this is an opposed piston. It's, it's an opposed right. piston. Yeah. So there's two yeah. crank so, shafts? No, there's one no, crank, no. but there's a system of levers oh, yeah. so that the rods face out. The piston's push in together like yeah this. the pistons push what? in together yeah and in order to get it to work they had wow. to supercharge it it's right. the most amazing sounding wow. engine imaginable as a kid so wait what bike was this on no it's a truck engine <laughs> it's a truck. how do we put one of these on a bike <laughs> i'd love to build a really big bike they 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 are a little bit heavy yeah but you know you talk about um, it's a very biking is a very visceral thing. You you hear it, you smell it, you sense it. Yeah. And one of the things I remember from when I was a small kid is the noise these engines made. Because mm. there's nothing that sounds like a supercharged two-stroke diesel, three-cylinder. There's just They're nothing. They're kind of nutty. It's an amazing sounding oh, thing, yeah. and it stayed with me. Mm. You know, I haven't heard a TS3 for probably forty-five years, but it's. Well, I remember it's pretty damn amazing. Yeah. All right. I, I, I got another. There is another type of motor we haven't discussed. Oh, what's that? A Stirling motor. Oh, man. A heat exchange motor. Yes. Stirling engine. What? 
uh, <laughs> like it's steam? A, it's a motor that operates in the differential of thermal Wait a temperatures. Is this on a motorcycle? Because I let <laughs> Emma get away with her truck engine. Well, no, that's true. I suppose it could be adapted. No, all right. Let's get back to motorcycles. So here's my question. So you've got all these different types of engines right. with cylinder configurations. And each is very different like we are. Mm-hmm. So let's so, look at the misfits. Let's go through who's sitting in this room right now. We have Nock. Yes. Single cylinder. Yeah, currently. We have Andy, twin cylinder. Parallel twin, right? Parallel twin. Parallel twin. And they, We've got yeah. Jim, cross the frame four. We've got me, flat four. I have got single cylinders, lots and lots of single cylinders. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Isaac, who's got a V4. Transverse V4. And I have a flat six. Right. I want to be a Van Veen oh, rotary. Wait, shit, what, what kind of bike you ride? Uh, Goldwing. Goldwing. Oh, no oh. shit. Oh, 1800. Right. I, and I have, I have a, a single <laughs> and another single and another single and another single. You a, and you got a and the triple. 70 something. And then twin. I got a twin. Yeah, and I have a got B twin too. A but triple, and then I've got an inline so four. So you're, you're queer as fuck. Do you, do you so, get, I, <laughs> so we're all completely different yeah. people. We've all got our stick with bikes, and everything is good. Okay. Right. How come there's never been a five-cylinder? There is. There are GP. Yes. GP bikes. Not, they're oh. not for street. Yep. Honda oh, made a five, uh, V5, right. uh, and they kicked everyone's ass. Wow. Yeah. Well, Plus, yeah. Now, didn't somebody do like a W five or something in a motorcycle at some point? Or um, well, I know. Well, I mean, I okay. There's been custom choppers. There was a. I want to say it was a Triumph that was built with three heads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember something um, like that. Was that a? Um, there was a custom bike builder. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I never really followed the custom thing, but there was a production car made with a five-cylinder yeah. engine for a yeah. long well, time Audi's. in the 80s. Oh, Audi. Yeah, yeah, yeah Audi did a five. And, and there was a lot of, you know, the truth is engineering will not always pull you through because yeah. what happened with Audi oh, yeah. is the engineers sat down and, you know, they'd obviously been, you know, pounding the schnapps. <laughs> always they, the snaps. It's always the snaps. That that's, like, what, that's what Germans drink, right? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like waxing the dolphin. I didn't so, <laughs> from an engineering standpoint, a five-cylinder engine will optimal. deliver you the smoothness of a six mm-hmm. with the torque of a four. Mm-hmm. But the reality was it was as slow as a four... <laughs> <laughs> and it vibrated <laughs> like worse than either a four or a six. Oh, man. So it was a very, very short-lived experiment. Right. This so was a car ju- engine? It was a car engine, yeah. Yeah, yeah they grenaded themselves pretty regularly. Yeah, <laughs> not, a, not a good experiment. So, you know, a slide rule will not always see you through. Sometimes yeah. you... All right, so here's here's my next question. So yes. so we know that there's all these different types of engines, and I think a lot of the decisions why you go with a certain engine yes. is, would be um, the the how the performance output right. is, uh, what the cost is. Yeah. Also, you have the crank, the cam, and the drive are all connected to the engine. So mm-hmm. it's the engineering of how those are going to work. Right. That's right. all affected. If, but here's what I find is interesting: um, how many carburetors? do these bikes multiple piston bikes so i find it interesting that you can take like a twin like a harley yes Mm -hmm. one carburetor Mm -hmm. right but then that's a very logical something like a virago right two carburetors right how many pistons 
Two. Two. Um, so, I mean, I've. So, what's the difference? Um, why have one carburetor versus two or three or four? Okay. Or Traditionally, one... uh, forgive me, Bagel. Sorry, no, Traditionally, motorcycles have always had one, one carburetor per cylinder because one of the hallmarks of riding a bike is a performance thing. Mm-hmm. However, let's go back to the late 1960s and early 1970s. The EPA. So, what we're going to do is we're going to step back in time and we're going to put $900 in our pockets and we're going to go off down to the local Triumph dealer. And we're going to buy ourselves a Triumph. Brand new. Brand spanking new. Going to buy a brand new Triumph. And we're going to get a choice. As we go in there, we want the biggest triumph so it's a 650 twin mm-hmm. yeah. and the salesman's going to say okay i've got two to offer you you can have the bonneville which is the hot rod 650 it's twin carburetors all the bells and whistles or you can buy the tiger which is exactly the same bike it's got the same compression same cut on the cams just with one carburetor interesting hmm. So it's Tiger or Bonneville. And the truth is, when you ride them, God, they're close. Yeah. They're so close. The only way you can tell them apart is if you're riding along at a given speed on a Bonneville, say the throttle's like a tenth open, well, on the Tiger, it's going to be a quarter open. Because an engine's basically an air pump. You know, it sucks in air fuel mixture at one end and then... Out the other end. That's what they do. So in order to get that 650 engine to run at, say, 5,000 RPM, you you need to introduce X amount of air into the equation. If I had a calculator, I'd tell you exactly how much. If you've got two carburetors, obviously you've got twice the amount of air coming in, so you only need to open the slides so much. If you've only got one carburetor, you need to open it more to get the same amount. So you have two smaller carbs is more efficient than one big car potentially potentially yeah, yeah potentially situation well, and, yeah. and then you get the oddballs like the xr 350r right yes, one cylinder two, two, two carburetors well what yeah. the Jesus reason Christ. the reason they did that and yamaha did this as well in the mid 80s you know remember there's a lot of people were doing coke in the mid 80s <laughs> <laughs> they're all coke bikes is the the inherent <laughs> problem <laughs> of motorbikes is they've got a huge Rev range. Mm-hmm. A motorbike will idle at about 800 revs, and if you've got a decent engine, it'll rev up to about 10,000. Mm-hmm. So you've got a range of about, let's say, 9,000 revs, and you need to provide clean carburation through 900, uh, right. 9,000 RPM. Yeah. Non-turbulent. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's quite a tall order for yeah. a carburetor. So what the boys at Honda and Yamaha came up with is they said, we're going to have two carburetors. We're going to have carburetor <laughs> on the left, which is going to handle the low speed stuff. Right. And then the carburetor on the right is going to take over at a higher speed. Yep. And it's once again, engineers, when you send in engineers to do a man's job, <laughs> the reality <laughs> was both carburetors were completely shit. And 
I mean, to be fair, though, I mean, there's also a cost associated in producing these things, too, which right. kind of totally sucks on their end. Yeah, you know? exactly. Right. Why yeah. only put one carburetor on? Right. You can put two on. Right. You can put three on. You can, right. put, you can put 27 on, and or, they can all be terrible. Or put a single carb that has a dual stage setup so right. that you can get that sort of ah, But that, that, that makes way too much fucking sense, right. dude. Okay. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so but maybe it was cheaper to have two, you know, two single right. carbs. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. going to tell you guys why VMAXs are so quick. I'm going to tell you, and you can only get away with this on V4s. So, on V4s, they have this peculiarity that you can arrange the inlet so that at certain revs, because of the way the engine is going through its suck, squeeze, bang, blow, which is what four-stroke engines do, you can have two carburetors feeding one cylinder. Mm-hmm. So a VMAX has got four carburetors, one for each cylinder. However, it's got this thing called V-Boost. And V-Boost is basically a butterfly in the in- in- inlet track. Oh, it's like a primary versus secondary butterfly? That's how it behaves. Yeah. Right. So, But it's not in the carburetor, it's in the inlet track. Right. So when you ride a VMAX below 5,000 RPM, you've only got one carburetor per cylinder. Okay? Mm. When you get it above 5,000 and you give it the beans... This butterfly opens, and each cylinder is being fed by two carburetors. Wow. So it's like you suddenly get these... these, And these are big carburetors. These are are Makuni BS36s. So you've got a lot of carburation in that engine, which is why when you sit on a VMAX and, you know, you give it a bit of right wrist... I mean, the thing takes off like a rape tape. You know, what's, what's funny, too, is like a lot of the uh, Supersport 600-type uh, high-performance uh, Supersport bikes, are they have the uh, variable length intake track yes. that like that shorten and lengthen depending right, 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 on the right. rear range. And that's it's like the natural progression to it, I guess. You know? Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, you know, we can just adjust the length so, of them. So would that sort of work in the reverse fashion of a supercharger rather than densing the air it, it creates a deeper vacuum and pulls well, in the larger charge well sort of i mean supercharging's a, a, a different it's supercharging and turbocharging basically achieves the same thing right. what you do what both of those things do is they turn a vacuum basically your engine is sucking its air fuel mixture in and the more you can get in, the quicker it's going to go. Yep. So what a supercharger and a turbocharger does is exactly the same thing. They push the air in. So what's vacuum in the intake now becomes um, pressure. And a supercharger is mechanically driven. And you have a power loss because you're driving this thing, but you get a huge power gain. A turbocharger is run off the exhaust. So you get very little power loss... But because there's no mechanical connection to the engine, you often get lag. Yep. And the and the biggest <clears throat> argument with turbochargers in the old days, because of course you know let's put these big turbos on, <laughs> is you'd whack the throttles open. It's a delay. And nothing had happened, and yep. you think what? Yeah. And then suddenly the thing would go. You know, it's yeah. like yeah, that half second old. Exactly. And then conversely, when you shut it off, the turbo's still going great right. guns. And yeah. meanwhile, there's there's little old lady going to church who's yeah. just pulled out in front of you yeah. in her Ford Taurus, and your turbo's still giving the engine 
10 PSI of boost <laughs> and the throttle's closed and your bike is still accelerating and you're just filling your underwear. Okay, I, I so a- <laughs> I, I want to ask you this. We're going to have a hypothetical drag race because when Jim and Tom and I were eating our oysters, yes. we were talking about the different bikes. Right. So I have a a twin, an yes. Emily twin, and the, the Versus, and then Jim. I got the answer to this already. Hold on. <laughs> so, the FC yeah. 600. FC yes. 6, yeah. Is it inline four? Inline right. four. And then his Warrior is a V twin 1700cc. Right. So, this you is would a quarter think, mile? <clears throat> and a drag race. Well, okay, this is a quarter mile? You would think. So, straight line. Straight line. Which of these three bikes is going to win that race? Oh, the I can best t- weight to power ratio win. Well, no, hang on. <laughs> And a long swing arm wheelbase. I mean, his engine is almost triple of our our engines. Right. Okay, but is this a quarter mile, sixty foot drag, or this is you have to frame this with a it within matters, a context? Yeah, yeah it uh, totally let's, matters. Let's let's go Florida style, uh, stoplight to stoplight. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like three blocks, two blocks. Yeah. No, no. Let's say let's say you get it up to like say like to a buck twenty five. Buck twenty five. Okay. So now you turn. You, so you're about talking about mile. getting it up yeah. to speed, or you're talking about a drag race. No, no, no. Let's just say stoplight to stoplight. Stop. Who's going to win the race? Who's going to win? What? Absolutely the Absolutely warrior. the warrior. It's got more torque, and it's a uh, longer just, wheelbase. Yeah, it's yeah. going to just launch itself off yeah. the line. Probably has a... However... It's so much heavier. Doesn't matter. Right. But it's because it's got, it's Yeah, it's got the tire. It's got the yep. length. It's going to put its power yeah. down to the road. The true winner... In the longer run, it's going to be the FC6 mm-hmm. because top end the horsepower. Top end horsepower. Basically, the warrior is going to go like absolute stink. You'll have like two uh, dislocated shoulders, right? <laughs> up before up the next to stoplight. 40, 50 miles an hour. Yeah. Then Jim's going to go sailing past, and the warrior is simply not going to catch him. I was, I was telling Lizzie where, where, where my bike really starts to sing is you know third gear up at about eleven, twelve thousand RPM. Starts yeah. digging it, in. It, and it becomes a different motorcycle yep. at right. that point, yeah. and from that point on, it, it just wants to the run. Sick top See, end rush. Yeah. And, and my bike has a disadvantage off the line because it wheelies too easy. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. And so the wheel comes up, so yeah, I have to back that's, off. That's but, not, it's not it's not your throttle control. It's but there's a certain bike. ratio a bike that is a bike that is three times the cc's is not going to be three times the power necessarily no, of course not. because the larger the engine the more weight right and so it becomes less and less efficient right? so let's go back to those 19 to the 1950s and that isle of man tt race how could these single cylinder bikes be beating these four cylinder italian bikes were they a uh, high revving singles they um, were because they yeah. were light. Kind of like they yeah. were extremely light. Kind of like a KTM or something like. A, if you're changing uh, speeds frequently, yeah. right? Whereas Better the four-cylinder, once it gets up to speed, it's right. it's going to right. excel. But if you're having to slow down, speed up, slow down, speed up, right? The more torque is going to react faster. So we'll go back so, to the 1955 TT races and we'll dismantle the engine. Off the MV Augusta. <clears throat> and what we'd find is a beautifully made but really quite conventional engine. Yeah. If we were to dismantle the engine off that AJS Porcupine, we'd find it's made of the most exotic metals. We'd find the machining just... It, it, 
it's a fantastic, but it's light. It's lightweight. Did it have like roller rockers and shit oh, like that? Yeah, yeah. It had okay. Everything. Yeah, yeah if, if you take apart a, a, a modern KTM 690, it's kind of an amazing feat of engineering because like here's a bike that actually has a top end poke if you like goose the shit out of it at about six you actually get a top end rush for just a little bit and that's coming out of a single cylinder right you know counterbalanced engine it's a great you know, it's KT- a, it's wait, 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 ktm 690s are singles yeah 690 yeah. do wow mm-hmm. yeah huh. but it's it's the classic engineers have been fighting this battle for ages power yep. versus weight yep power versus weight yeah so I it's I think it's something that everyone can talk about. I love the hypothetical drag race though. I thought it's been a lot more know. fun conversation. Than I, I, I will tell you, I am convinced in any thirty foot drag race, my Honda Elite will win. That is true. <laughs> yeah. and I, CVT and, baby. <laughs> and I, I told Liza this. I said ultimately the answer to that race, and I, and actually it played out yesterday on our ride is who's got the biggest balls <laughs> is going to win. That's true. So Liza's yeah. Liza's balls. How long will you hold that speed coming into the corner? My, yeah, so I, when there's mud on the I gotta share this with you guys. So um, last night I had dinner with a very, very dear friend of mine, Stephen, mm-hmm. who we know down here. He's got a uh, V-Strom. Right. We did the front forks on it a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Oh, nice. So v- um, Stephen invited me over for dinner last night, and um, his landlord and landlady are away, and they left him the keys with the car. Well, there you go. And Ooh. he said, um, "I got to take you out in this thing," and it's a Tesla Model S. Ooh, nice. And there's a button on the dashboard, and you push the button, <laughs> and you select the acceleration, mm-hmm. and there's an insane mode. It yes. actually mm-hmm. says it on yeah. the dash insane. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Oh, it's, a t- <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Yes. God almighty, that car goes. I, I, <laughs> I mean, my dad's Ludicrous Tesla mud. is crazy, and that's the old man version. Right. I, I remember yeah. that one. This <laughs> is, dear God, that thing moved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So, well, with electric motors, you have to uh, you ha- have to govern the torque. Right. At all times, because yep. it is one hundred percent at uh, just barely over zero. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't limit that torque. You end up decorating something. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Ducati become part of the landscape. Ducati's do, uh, doing something interesting. They recently filed for a patent. Bankruptcy? No. <laughs> <laughs> they filed for patent. Sorry to all you Ducati fans out there. <laughs> yeah. They're you developing. They're kicking ass right now. <laughs> They're developing jet technology. Cool. Blimey, yeah, gov. So <laughs> here's Can we the put thing. that in quotes because I read this article. So here's the thing. It's not a jet engine, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, interesting concept. The engine is sending. Basically, it's. They're turning the exhaust system into jet propulsion. Right. Really? And yes. it's going to be angled upwards so as to provide... Or is it downwards? Downward thrust. No. No, you want it up so it provides further traction to the ground. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, downwards. Yeah. What? Uh, wait. It's pointed, it's pointed up. No, if you point it up. No, no, up, it, you, it's to keep the front end down. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, the, so the uh, rear is pointed up to keep the front end down. So I thought that was kind of neat because there is still... New technology that we didn't even fathom that's coming, and this is in the way of exhaust. Okay, and I'm looking at this technical drawing, and it looks like the GP17, which is their MotoGP <clears throat> race bike. And there's been this hubbub during the preliminary testing in the first couple of uh, 
racetracks that there's this big box where the tail would be, and they called it the salad box. And uh, because people didn't know what it was, but it turns out, like, if this is correct, it is an anti wheelie device that use, uh, excuse me, anti wheelie device that uses the exhaust thrust to keep the front end down. Right. That's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and they actually think they can improve on the electronics. Well, that electronics already have um, to stop wheelies. Electronics right. because they're they're spec, and then they're uh, uh, winglets. Yeah. Last year they had winglets. Now they're kind of bad. So there's mm-hmm. trying to figure out a creative ways to. Uh, keep the front end down yeah, using right. some kind of secret winglet technology, and and this whatever. It and this and is. and GP, GP bikes they're almost all inline fours, correct? No, they're typically Yamaha has an. They're different. Yamaha has an inline four with a f- strange firing order. Yeah, it's got well, the cross plane. Yamaha, cross-plane, then, Yamaha and Honda are Honda are is a V. Uh, really? Yeah, Honda is a V, right. and uh, I think Ducati is a V too. What yeah. is Honda V twin? V four. V four. Yeah. V four. Yeah, and they all have like pneumatic uh, valves, and yeah. uh, Ducati has uh, right. desmotronic valves. And and now there's a new technology on the forefront. GM is developing a uh, a gas motor that operates like a diesel. Yeah. Hmm. And it's working on ultra high compression. No spark plugs. Um, there's an initial igniter, but then the diesel cycle starts again. But you have to have your compression ratios up above. Uh, oh, I think it's about eighteen to one. Wow. wow. So it's, it's really up there to get this thing to work right. But it, it, they said once they perfect that technology, it could very well translate over to motorcycles. Hmm. Wow. So there's a lot of cool stuff coming out still, which will give us even more banter. Even more garage banter. About. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, hey. they have adiabatic motors, which are basically ceramic motors, uh, which are actually using the heat charge to go back in through the fuel charge to get more efficiency and more power out of it. My grandpappy was a diabetic. (laughs) (laughs) They they take his foot, too. (laughs) And I think that comes out of Formula One technology. There's there's so much room for improvement in these things still. You know what, legit, this is the most technical conversation we've ever had. Yeah, you said a lot of words I didn't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I wanted to share... words I don't understand. (laughs) I wanted to share some interesting news. Um, there's this uh, young girl, Jerilee Wilson, 10 years old, and for Christmas, she got a dirt bike. Right on. Cool. And her dad had actually worked extra jobs to save the money okay. to buy oh, her good job a for dirt your dad. bike. But unfortunately, it's been too cold to ride. Okay. So just recently, finally, she was able to take it out, and she took it for a ride, and she mm. loved it. Awesome. And then the next day, it was stolen. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Yeah. You can imagine being a 10-year-old girl with your first bike, waiting since Christmas to ride it. Right. Finally rides it, and then it was stolen. Bam. That's shitty, dude. Sounds really shady. But you know what? An anonymous donor who heard the story called their local dealership and bought her a new bike. Holy crap. Wow. And awesome. so the dealership was able to call the family and say, hey, I, we've got some information about your bike. Come on down. This is nice. recent news? When was yep, this? Yep, yep, It was, was very it dated? recent. When was and this dated? 2016? No, no. <laughs> it was posted on the 25th. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, they presented to her her new bike at the Kawasaki dealership. Right. That is wow. great. So that is a there's really nice great thing people do. out there doing great things. I oh, I, I would share I, that. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The motorcycling community is the best 
that race. Well, because those yeah. of us who have had bikes stolen know how much it sucks. And to be a 10-year-old kid, oh, I mean, that would have just She's her. just starting out. Isn't that, really? isn't that shitty, though? Like, you get super stoked about getting this really cool bike and you get to be an awesome kid. Then you, like, realize the reality of the world. That yeah, right. It can be really horrible and shitty. Yeah. I yeah. think it was awesome. Hey, let's get to some emails. We've got <gasps> so many emails. Cool. Um, I wanted to thank everyone who's sending them in. I did also want to say... Yeah. If you make them shorter, they're more likely to get read. A lot of people love to share their story. We love it. We read them. If you don't hear your email read or you don't get a reply, it doesn't mean we haven't read it. We do. We just don't always have the time to share them. Yeah, we end up paraphrasing. It just means you're you're windbags. I've got one here from Mark Adams. Hey, Mark Adams. Hey. Uh, He is a member of Emma's Army. Yay! He says he met her after our first visit to the Jameson Museum. Um, He's also a, a longtime listener who also discovered Z2 Track Days through our podcast. Oh, oh right yeah. On. yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that. So that's okay. really cool. So he's currently planning a long-distance road trip around the U.S., L.A. to Chicago on Route 66. Nice. Fucking A, dude. Then down North Carolina to take the Trans-America Trail to Oregon. Fucking A, do it. Nice. Do it. Right. Do that yeah. shit. I'm in. Iron <laughs> ass This is probably going to make some detours along the way. Um, he's riding a 2007 BMW Dakar. Nice. Okay. Um, nice. With a salvage 2006 Dakar found at auction as a parts donor in case of emergency. Cool. Like an entire bike? Uh, yeah, so he says like he's loving the interviews. The you guys have really stepped up your game. Thanks for keeping my ears company while I tear into the two bikes. Um, he says, hey, Emma. Hello. <laughs> if you would like to check out another Moto podcast that he loves to listen to, it would be the Front End Chatter, which is a British Moto podcast. Oh, great. Yeah, I've listened to Front End Chatter, so you can check him out. Also, he likes the two enthusiasts. They're out of Portland. Hmm. And I listen to them as well. Very so good. You can check them out. I certainly will. All right. Andy, you want to read your email? Sure. This is from Ben Chappelle. Um, hey, Ben. Hey, He's saying, I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of weeks now. I started from the very first one and now am oh. at 164. Wow. Uh, That's a lot of time, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all been talking about the fish hooks, so I went on Google Maps, and sure enough, <laughs> yeah. it was right there, very easy to find. So I went on YouTube, searched Santa Cruz fish hook, and only found one crappy video from 2011. Mm-hmm. Even then, I can tell it is wicked as hell. You shall, y'all should post some videos of it. Uh, anyways, he says, I'd love to visit, but I live in Florida. I'm self-employed, which means I never get to vacation. I love what Aww. you're doing for the motorcycle community, though. Um, my first bike was a brand new 2002 Ninja 250. Good. I put 7,000 miles on it in six months or nine months and then sold it with an idea of buying a 600. Then a mm-hmm. business opportunity came along and I took a decade off of riding. Oh, no. Hmm. Yeah. In 2012, I met a friend of a friend who was hiding his pristine 2009 R1 from the Repo Man. (laughs) (laughs) And he had had paid about 60% of the note off already. (laughs) So I just paid him several payments in cash and he signed the title over to me. I got a great deal and he got out of a jam. I also had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) I took it easy and retaught myself how to ride and somehow survived and never crashed it. Cool. Now I ride a 2015 Zero SR. Yeah. 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 Mm. Virtually every day. I still have the R1 that mostly collects dust, but gets ridden over occasionally when I, or gets ridden occasionally when I think, when I start to think about selling it. Okay, and hold on. Throw that Zero S, uh, the DSR, or the SR into the hypothetical. Uh, 600cc oh, right. drag race. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, drag race. Yeah. 
The zero is going to take it, right? Yeah, of course uh, it is. Wow. It's light to light. Well, we actually had a would. chance to test it out. Me, you, and Zach lined up. It was me on the mm-hmm, FZ6. Mm-hmm. You had the zero. Yes, and but Zach, mine was I in the wrong mode. You're so full of shit. It was in the wrong mode. your ass. It's not true. Uh, it's we caught, we caught up at Corbin. She's all, it was in the wrong mode. It was in the yes. wrong mode. I don't know. You know, those zeros get down the road. I, yeah. I think I'd still put my money on FZ6. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think so. All right, I'm going to go Context get a zero. Matters. We're racing. All right, finish that email. But it depends on on how fast you're going. I mean, because they do have a limited top speed. Yeah, how long yeah. the track um, is. Yeah, and if you can kind of tick with the torque limiter a little bit, you might... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he says, I solved the R1, uh, and whenever I think start to think about selling it, then as I'm writing, I'm thinking, no way I'm fucking selling... No fucking way I'm selling this oven on two wheels. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Y'all are doing a great thing for the motorcycle community. Ben. See, that's just like electric Thanks, theory. Ben. He's got two zeros, and he's got his two R1s still sitting in his garage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To sell. Knock, what do you got? Okay, I got Misfits Podcast Appreciation from Sam Larson. All right. Hey, uh, Sam. Hi, Sam. Hey, Misfits. Just wanted to say how much I enjoy and appreciate your podcast. I've been listening for about a year and a half, and I've followed you along with all the pranks and projects you guys get into. Uh, I really likes the interviews with Yuri, Darren Caddis from BMW, Norman Reedus, and the Zero Lightning guys for their glimpse into the future of electric technology. Yeah. Uh, stories and experiences you have all shared through the podcast have inspired me to go to School for product design and with a focus on making electric motorcycles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we steered this guy into a career, I guess. That's kind Good of weird, right? Yeah. He should uh, check out Dom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dom who? Dom. English Dom. English oh, Dom. Dom, yeah, yeah. From, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Dominique. Uh, mm-hmm. And I want to be part of designing functional kick ass electric motorcycles that will nice. inspire people to get out and ride as a source of enjoyment as well as commuting. Uh, more so, I've never laughed harder when Lucas or Mike give their opinion about yeah. anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need those guys around. Uh, Emma has to be my favorite misfit for the oh. at the moment because of her wit, wisdom in regard to motorcycle culture, history, mechanical aptitude. But I have to say special thank you to Knock, Doug, and Cat for their love of Supermoto. Uh-huh. Hey. Uh, Sumo will definitely be my next bike. Uh, hope to make it down to the garage in sunny Santa Cruz and hang out, you know, do Supermoto shit. And cool. Talk. Come on down and make sure Crack you kiss beer. up to me because you didn't mention me in that email. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> she, did mention, she did mention you. You said put me down for a sweatshirt oh. in large. Oh, so, okay. yeah. <laughs> I think I have... Yeah. Some large. This is a Sam from Eugene, Oregon. Uh, I wonder if uh, he was at the One Motor Show or not. Jim, what you got? So I got the little Santa Cruz Worldwide going now. This is an email from Darren in the UK. Hey, Darren! Right? And Darren sends a picture, too. I'll pass it around. He could not be more stoked to be on his Honda CG125. Oh, that is nice. such a good little bike. Nice. I, knew, I knew everyone would love that. So, all right. So Darren says, you guys, I love listening to you. It's morning uh, at 10 a.m., and he's listening while he's a caregiver for older people. I've been riding a Honda CG125. It's my first bike and it's 27 years old. I'd like to point out, I'm now very aware of how many times we say dick. (laughs) I'm assuming he's listening with headphones on now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> cool. but it, it's hey interesting. man, old people like dick too. I'm just saying, like, it's not, not if, they, if they can remember what not, it's all about. Not, right? Knock. How do you know these things? I just I read things on the internet. I believe them all to be true 100. percent That's all Imgur. Um, it's my first bike and it's 27 years old. I now love it. I used to hate it, uh, being able to go fast on the motorway. But over here we have a road.
roads mm-hmm. and learner ride and learner rides can use to go longer distances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I go to London when I have the time and love it. So I think it's interesting you get a glimpse into how they regulate motorcycling in other countries. Yeah. Right. Um, this month I learned how easy it was to slip on icy roads. Last year it was gravel. Yikes. Because yeah, in England you don't have people saying, so I started out on an R1 and somehow I survived. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but I thought, I thought this was interesting. And uh, after th- um, I hope to pass my theory test soon because I already failed twice. After theory is the practical test, and then I can ride any size bike or engine. True. That yeah, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to submit the British test to our people. You know, we we should. Oh, wow. I'm a... I'm, I would be an extremely poor example because things have changed so much since I took my test. You see, when I learned to ride a bike in the 70s, you were restricted to a 250. You had to get something below a 250. Mm-hmm. So um, you bought yourself a 250. In my case, it was a Kawasaki three-cylinder, an S1. You stuck your L plates on, which were right and red with a big L, yeah. which shows you were a learner, and you usually wrapped them around the back shock. You and had that glued for like two years or something like yeah, that? Yeah, you know, usually about a year. Then you took yeah. your test, and then, you know, off you go. And there was a theory and practical test. Um, but it, it's it's changed a lot now. Yeah. But, you know, I've got to tell you, Darren, you got the greatest smile. He really dude. does. Yeah. He, he really dope. has. i got a question for you. What's A roads, B roads? Yeah, A roads. Is like their version of highway versus freeway yeah yeah that's a good way to explain it i yeah. mean you know in the midlands and all uh, shout out to all our listeners in the midlands of england sounds like the hub um, yeah <laughs> every time she does this you know the a38 oh my god the a38 is a great road it goes yeah. pretty much all the way up and down and i used to go my brother was at bristol university and you can pick up the a38 just north of birmingham take it all the way down to bristol like, god it's a great road um but yeah think Freeway and highway. Okay. You know, that's that's the best way. Cool. You got, you got an email there, Emma? Yeah, and it's a very short one. Um, this is from Jack. He's in the middle of Ohio. Hey, Misfits. Hey, Jack. Hey, Jack. Still listening and loving the podcast. Glad to hear Lucas again, as I was beginning to think you had kicked him out. You know, after his disgraceful behavior today. Oh, he is. <laughs> what did he do? He's oh. gassy. He's yeah, gassy. he's gassy. <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway, anyway, I have a question for Emma. <clears throat> I'm working on a basket case, 1959 AJS Model 31, which was barely a frame, engine, and wheels when I got it. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of bits and pieces missing. So my question is, do you have a good source for all these fucked up British thread nuts and bolts? Um, thank you and congratulations to Mike and Mary on Baby Freya. Yeah. So we're talking about Whitworth here, I assume. Yes. And I've dealt with this as well. Exactly. So the best source, there it is. What great looking bike. Um, the only people I will deal with, with British bikes, they've been at it forever. Arabas part smart. Um, Rabers are based in San Jose. Didn't uh, I see pictures of you accosting those poor men not long yes. ago? <laughs> just, yes. You guys just went in and took over, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, well, it was, it was like a Saturday donuts. road trip for us. So, um, Jack, Rabers part smart. It's R A B E R S. You can reach them. Area code 408 998. 4495. Give them a call. You need to speak to Bob Raber or Richard. They'll hook you up. But my the best advice to you, 
Call up Rabers, get them to send you a parts catalogue for your bike first. Read the parts catalogue, digest the parts catalogue, and then give them part numbers. Rather than just deal with this, oh, I want this pin or this nut, look it up in the parts book, look up the part number, give them the part number. As, as far as fasteners, you could just kind of use metric no. Right no, 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 no. These are, these yes. are completely... And not oh. just that. You have to buy a set of wrenches for Whitworth, right. too. They're different. Oh, shit. So okay. I have an alternative because when I was working on that Tiger Cub, yes. and I started looking into that, replacing some of the bolts, and we're looking at 5 to $10 per bolt yes. in many mm. cases. Are these the square bolts that no, you're talking about? It's, no, it's no, a no, bolt. it's just a peculiar just thread. Okay. The, okay. the diameter and the thread pitch, they're all different from standard they're and metric. Measured in um, farthings or something, right? Yes. So the alternative that... I came up with because I had many of the bolts are still there they were just rusted um, is I bought a plating kit now you right. can buy these plating kits and oh, it's actually shit. just a it's a plastic tub like a one gallon tub mm -hmm. and it has the zinc plate which is a, a right. bar you stick in there and it comes with um, you put two D batteries into a battery holder and two clips and you put like uh, yeah you hook it up so that you drop your bolt in and and what happens is it sizzles huh well it sizzles. and it's in Science. this jar of like Science, this acid son. so what right. happens is it pulls the zinc plating off of that zinc stick mm -hmm. and it pulls it onto cathode the bolt and then you have to um polish it out buff it out so i actually went that route to save money i thought it was pretty cool to be able no, to it was cool. plate stuff um so small things like fasteners you can get a and you know and there's, kit. A, there's a variety of people who make those i think uh Caswell, Caswell. Yeah, that's, what, really that's what mine is. Yeah, Caswell do a really good plating kit. And it came with um, the polish compound. It came with everything. But, you oh, know, shit. so, yeah. um, Jack, give Rabers a call. Tell them Auntie Emma sent you. And they'll hook you up. They'll hook you up with everything you need. They're the neatest people. Um, and they've been messing around with British bikes forever. It's kind of like a West Coast mecca for old British fucked up bike parts. Yeah, pretty much, and people who like them. Yeah, totally. All right, Bagel, what do you got? All right, I have an email from Kyle from Pennsylvania. Hi, Kyle. Kyle says, hey, Misfits, if it's okay, I would like a discussion on two strokes. God! Something we didn't even talk about during this whole discussion about engines. Uh, yeah, exactly, right? We're, We're all like four-stroke. We need a part two or something. It's a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah true. Uh, he says, I have a thing, not a fetish, those are naughty, <laughs> for, true, for two strokes. I'm not, I'm not really sure why... He's got a fetish for two strokes. It's okay. it's okay. We have them too. We understand. Because <laughs> I'm not really sure why, as it certainly isn't their reliability, fuel efficiency, or their narrow power band. Maybe it's the sound, simplicity, mm -hmm. and that narrow power band. However, I've had a few of them. Three out of the four that I've owned were early, were all early 70s Suzuki singles. Perhaps more specifically, I would like to talk about two-stroke direct injection technology. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. By design, a big flaw of the two-stroke is that the exhaust port and transfer port are open at the same time, yes. allowing raw fuel to escape directly from the exhaust port, resulting in poor fuel economy and emissions. Direct injection addresses this problem. The old Suzuki's had two spark plug holes in the head. I'm not sure why. One for on-road, one for off-road, <laughs> in case one gets fouled. Yeah. <laughs> if someone could chime in on that, that would be great. So maybe I mean, if you can come back to that <laughs> he says and i always thought that would make a great pro provision to be a direct in direct injection recipient and he says i really want to see a direct injected 800 cc two-stroke motorcycle if you could make it look like it was made in 1975 by suzuki i would totally take it up the butt for it <laughs> maybe even twice <laughs> you'd take it up the that's butt that's on dedication that. would, so yeah. you know and, and that is a good point we didn't talk that much about two strokes but yeah. we did well we, we did talk about um 
I mean, there's a lot of reasons why the two strokes aren't as popular. Yeah. Right. And 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 some of these bikes like the H. H1s and the H2s. They they killed people. I mean, they were just... That's not because it was a two-stroke, though. He said 800cc two-stroke, That was because of the suspension geometry. So many things. But I will tell you, what does intrigue me are the two-stroke scooters. Putting a two-stroke onto a big bike, you're making a death machine. But some of these scooters, when you see videos of like that guy with the two-stroke, I think a Lambretta or Vespa, like passing bikes. Oh, yeah. Now I'm like, okay, this is stupid fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. This oh, yeah. looks amazing. Yeah, there, there's, uh, there are some two-stroke, especially the Lambrettas that can go insanely fast, like over 90, 100 miles an hour. Yeah, I, I think that that yeah. is amazing. Well, I think we will, we'll talk more about but, two-strokes. But, but I, have to, I have to agree with Kyla that that I, I've always thought that direct injection two-strokes would be a a, a, a a great solution to the problem, the problem or many of the problems that two-strokes have. Yeah. And so okay. So I guess would the primary issue would still be emissions, right, for sound? Because like below XCC, well, it's easier to muffle, right? I, I mean, if you well, got an 800 cc bike, like can I? I'll, I'll just be very, very brief. Yeah. Nobody loves two strokes more than me. Riding sure. a two stroke on the street, it's an experience that everyone should have. But in terms of manufacturers, two strokes are dead. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. emissions wise, they're just so dirty, even yeah. with direct injection. Nobody's going to pump money into R and D for inject uh, for two strokes so anymore. Just, it's it's one of those sad yeah. things, you know. We've moved on from the technology. Right. They'll yeah. always have a very special place in my heart. I'm glad I had the opportunity to ride large capacity two strokes on the street, like water buffaloes and H twos. Mm-hmm. But nobody's going to be developing these now, things. So then. hypothetically, when they start legislating uh, emissions greatly for uh, snowmobiles and and you right. Know, and motor uh, upboard motors and even yeah. lawnmowers that, that they can potentially to, be well, four strokes. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, well, I mean, look back at uh, Watercraft. You yeah. know, back when I first came to the states in ninety four, ninety five, Watercraft were all still two strokes. Yep, everything. N- now you can't even get a two stroke on a lake. It's got to be a four stroke. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, I've got a beautiful fifteen horsepower Evinrude two stroke. Guy has maybe six hours on it. I can't put it in the water. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's going to go that way for everyone. It's a sad fact. Two strokes are great. They're bitching. But God, they're so dirty. Yeah. And, and Emma, can can you explain to us why the Suzuki's had two spark plugs per head? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, it was an idea they had back then that if your one fa- spark plug fouled or burnt, you just switch the cap yeah. over to the other one. <laughs> but the truth is, if the one spark plug fouled, yeah, the combustion the chamber fouled as well, exactly. and that was going to be bad. Right. So it was really more for the spark plug that melted its electrode and just switched <laughs> it on. <laughs> you know, it's wow. it was one of these things. People did coke in the 70s, yeah. right? All right, we got time for <laughs> one more. Isaac, what do you got? All right. Hi, Misfits. Gav, hey. from, Gav from UK here. Hey, Gav. Hello, Gav. Hey, Hi, Gav. Gav. Hello, hello. Cheerio. Still loving the podcast. Keep it up. I have a Suzuki Bandit 1200S. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Calm your teeth. Hits. On a 2003 plate. Turn her mic off. <laughs> it had been stood in the garage from just before Christmas until recently. Normally no problem with that, as this bike has been left previously for over a month without being used and with no problems. Just charge the battery and away it goes. But this time I tried to start it and it was running like spanners in a tumble dryer. <laughs> so I Yikes. turned it off immediately and scratched my head. When I checked the oil, I could smell fuel. So I dropped the oh, oil yikes. and there was about four liters of fuel in the sump. Oh. Yikes. We know I what's think, going on. I think possibly what's happened is the diaphragm and the fuel 
fuel tap, I'm assuming that's the petcock, yeah. yep. exactly. has failed yes. letting yes. fuel fill the cylinders. Yes. And as it has been sat, my guess is that it has seeped past the piston rings. Yep. Well, and, actually, and the float, Stuck too, float. didn't stop yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Well, no, what actually happens on that bandit yeah. is it's got a, a diaphragm petcock, and it picks up cylinder number two has... Um, the, the suction pipe goes directly from cylinder number two oh, in front of the carburetor. Va- vacuum up. So yeah. it's vacuum operated. Yeah. So the diaphragm fails and all the fuel goes straight down uh, the vacuum pipe uh, directly uh, into the engine uh, via oh, cylinder sucks, so, dude. Did, yeah, did so, completely so bypassing the a, carburetor. There's a little bit more. So what you're saying is that though, is the float is probably no. might not be no, stuck. No, not the float, the diaphragm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, is it... As it's been sat, I guess the seat past the piston rings, but this is just my thought. I was wondering if you had any past experience or ideas on this. Apparently, we do. Yes. <laughs> I could do with some help, so anything you have got would be good. Hashtag Emma's Army. Okay, so what you need to do, Gav, obviously you've got the oil out of the uh, um, engine. Get the, get the oil filter off as well. Get all that gasoline, nasty gasoline mm-hmm. oil out of the engine. Um on the bright side, you have a clean engine now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your um, bearings are nice and shiny. Yeah, well. yeah. Get the gas tank off. Um, get that um, petrol tap off the petcock. Don't even, don't mess around rebuilding it. It's going to cost you a hundred quid. Put a new petcock on it. Button it up. Put a good quality oil in it. You're going to be fine. Ride it for 500 miles. Change the oil again at 500 miles. You're going to be down the road just Hold fine. Hold on. Yeah. What was the sound his bike made? Running like spanners in a tumble dryer. So, is that not <laughs> that a sign terrible, of some damage? Like British, uh, British accent. No, 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 no. 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 So he's okay. He's going to be fine. Um, it could be worse. It could sound like... Two skeletons having sex in a biscuit tin. Oh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> is, is there the chance that he might have hydro That's right. It? That is much worse. He, like, no, well, no, he, said, he, he said he turned it off. He didn't okay. say it much. I think, okay. you know, I'm pretty sure that the noise was just for the fact, because... Probably the starter kind of clutch well, doing its Well, bandits, thing. if they're not running on four cylinders, they kind of do sound nasty. Okay. Yeah. So, for the cost of... He needs he needs a pet cock anyway, so sure. there's, your, there's your hundred quid. Um... He's going to need that whether the engine's toast or not for the cost of a petcock, oil, and a filter. And you know what, Gaff? Yeah. Bung a set of plugs in it as well because you've already got, well. the, yeah. you've got the petrol tank off. It'll get you down the road. You're going to be fine. But um, get please, Gav, right in and let us know how you get on so, with it. So yeah, do yeah. all that and you'll be right as rain. You'll be, you'll be right as <laughs> right ninepence, mate. <laughs> um, now, you know... When did, hey, when did we get that email? I hope this was recent. February 25th. Okay, okay, cool. Yes, cool. No, you know, Bandit, that is a tough engine. Yeah. Yes, it's going to yes, take yes, more than a little a, more than a little petrol in the oil gov to kill that engine. All right. Good <laughs> show. So, <laughs> I, think, I think we're getting late You're on the time. So um, we want to remind people that it's not too late to become a Patreon subscriber $5 a month get the t-shirt ding, 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 ding. I am the money. out of large t-shirts but that's fine because these shirts came out undersized so if you typically wear large I still have plenty of extra large they will fit you yeah. Um, so yeah I think it's the best deal I've seen Five dollars sure. a month, and you get a T-shirt right away. Um, and then uh, we had a new video up on YouTube. You must <laughs> check it out. It's fantastic. Yeah. You must check it out. <laughs> <sighs> oh, 
Good show, Governor. All right, Emma. <laughs> Emma, you're, you're, you're muted. You're up for a Bagel's muted now, too. Ah, oh, jeez. Cake farts. Right. Muted by so, um, Yeah, so go to YouTube. Check out the video, and you will see... Uh, you'll see Knock punching a dong. Yeah. <laughs> no, you were you opened a can of whoop ass on that that flaccid little penis. I've been, I've been training, baby. <laughs> I've been training. I, that and Emma getting high with her thug life. Yeah, <laughs> and you know Jonathan has already pointed out that he this is who he's going to portray he, me. He as. captured your true self. <laughs> <laughs> there, you, you, no, you know what? You a know bit what? of a thug and a devil. I am a thug. <laughs> you, you do have a don't fuck with me streak to you. Yes. You know, I, I think you, yeah. You should, uh, I you would should never totally embrace that. Like, no, I, you know, I like being nice. Well, yeah, it's okay, but, but I mean, you, you, know, got, you, you think, know. Okay, you, you think know. that don't mess with the Emma thing? Emma. Is fucking right. Exactly. I had to protect Nock from you today. And just, I will tell you, hold on, I will tell you, she came in here <laughs> looking around frantically for something. Like, what do you need? What do you need? She goes, I'm looking for something to harass knock with. (laughs) Emma, I think you need to stop and take a moment. You've got that look in your eye of somebody who's about to take something fun over the line. Wait, is this after the the mayonnaise? It was right in the middle of the mayonnaise thing. (laughs) So, no, what I was looking for is Uh, like something like fake snot or something just <laughs> hanging down my Which face we, and like knock can you clean me up oh, anyway so i was like yeah you've got that look in your eyes maybe now is the time to just simmer down because she'd had the devilish glint i could see which which was worse not the ma- the mayonnaise the ketchup or the mustard or yeah. the combination yes just yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So let's just uh, take this opportunity to thank everyone for listening. Keep the emails coming. We love them. And I, although I don't recommend just showing up on a Saturday to see if we're around to go for a ride, by all means, uh, email or ping us on Facebook. and Or show up on Sunday. Yeah, show up on Sunday. show up on Sunday. Yeah. We're here. There will be a ride. Um, the sure way uh, to get people to go for a ride is if you're willing to do it naked. <laughs> yep. Yep. You will we always won't. get yeah, takers in that. It's typically a, a West Cliff like chill down ride at the end of the day. Yeah. So, so yeah. So keep them coming and check out Instagram. Um, Nicky Jam's been keeping that up to date. Yeah, Instagram's fun. Check it out. You know, if you guys want to submit pictures of your stuff, send it in. However it is you do that, and we'll throw it up. Yeah, but the man. way you find all of these things is motorcyclesandmisfits.com. You'll find the links the... to everything there. How come we don't have the Zach bot anymore? I still have it. I just, I think it's just so much easier. I myself go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com and I want to link to our Instagram page okay. or something. I just kind of I just use all the guy. links. We yeah. we made it really easy there. So go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. I miss, miss Zach. Zach. Yes. yes. We and do. he misses us. We oh. should we should give him a call and have him record at you should check us out on motorcycles and biscuits. Misfits. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> motorcycles. Motorcycles and biscuits. I think I'm ready to get out of here. This is Liza. This is Nog. Andy. Nigga Jim. Emma Darling. Bagel. Isaac. And Gary. And we're out of here. Cool, cool. cool.